Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Marilyn Shannon, and I am delighted to have you join us today on the Breaking Free Show. It's always an honor and a privilege to have you here, and I know your time is precious. And so thank you so much for sharing it with us. And before we get on with our show, you know I always like to introduce Amnon. Good afternoon, Marilyn. How are you? Good afternoon, good morning, good whatever, wherever you are. Yes. I'm good. How are you? Fine. Good. Elated. Elated. I know. You Enough. always love seeing me across from the, from the camera. Oh, yeah. Don't you? Always. Every Monday, every Monday, Amnon loves to see me across from the camera. We love to catch up. So th for those of you who don't know who Amnon is, he is our fearless producer. And I am so delighted to be here in the studio. And it's fun. And for those of you that are listening, please feel free to uh, enter into our chat, if you like, into our chat room. You can just put your name, nickname, whatever you like, near the video, and you'll see it. And you can be in there. There's other people in there, too, and you can talk to us from there. And also, anytime during the show, you can call into the studio if you're on a phone, 919-518-9773. Or you can come in on Skype and talk to us there as well. And that's at computers, that's plural, to the number 2K voice. Anytime you want during the show, you are always invited. When the mood hits you, when you feel a little inspiration from what my guests and I are chatting about, we'd love to hear your experiences and any question you might have. Take us up on the offer. There is no stupid questions, and everything is welcome here. And this is a free space, a free zone, and we'd love to have you. So with that, I would love to introduce my guest. I feel like I'm introducing a movie, actually. Linda McGuire. Welcome, Linda. Hello, Marilyn. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Linda and I have been chatting a little bit through the weekend, so I feel like I already ha uh, know you. So thanks for being here. The movie part, at least. The, the movie part, at least. So tell everybody who Linda McGuire is. Linda McGuire. Well, my, my the first half of my life was a bit like a movie. I, I uh, trained as an opera singer and a classical singer. I had a very illustrious career. I attended the Oberlin Conservatory of Music, and then I ended up at the University of Toronto, and then entered into the Canadian Opera Company training program while I was uh, steadily employed as a uh, recording artist with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Had a big international career in opera, concert, recital, uh, a chamber ensemble, choral soloist. I was a featured soloist all over the world. Had a wonderful, illustrious career, 10 managers, internationally uh, uh, traveled and speak several languages, very highly, but had quarter of a million dollars into my classical music and vocal training. So I'm very highly trained master musician, leading title roles in opera. So I did have a bit of a, a, a diva movie life uh, before I became a neuroscientist in the pursuit of understanding exactly how and why uh, music changes us and how it affects the brain and changes our inclinations to um, have different moods, different emotions, and different actions and outcomes. And so you made the switch how long ago? I made this, it was around the year 2000 that I saw the power of music in Alzheimer's patients. I had visited a friend in an Alzheimer's unit. It was a chronic unit. 
they were completely out of control. They were yelling and moving their arms uncontrollably, uh, obviously very confused. And the caregivers were confused too. They didn't really quite know how to manage. I had heard that they liked music. So there was a piano in the room. I sat down, I started playing a patriotic song and everything stopped. All the problems seemed to stop. They all of a sudden became normal and started singing along. And so I was just after I had sung for millions of people at that point, and I was just shocked at that outcome. And at that point, that was a real turning point in my life. And it's been the last 16, 17 years I'm pursuing the study of neuroscience, psychology, physiology, a gerontology, and brain health. That's what I specialize in, uh, healthy aging and uh, aging brain health. So I find that to be unbelievably extraordinary. I mean, seriously, I, I, I'm almost, I was almost at a loss for words. I just wanted you to keep on going because I, I mean, I can't even imagine what that moment must have been like for you who had been, you even have a Wikipedia page for Pete's sakes. Yay. I mean, I seriously. Right. Right. It was, a, it was, you know, just observing that change. I mean, that was my job to keep, thousands of people on the tip of my little finger as a musician for up to 90 minutes, two hours, three hour opera, leading role, title role, big, I was a major uh, singer and, and to keep them quiet and to keep them under my control. Well, when I saw the reaction in these dementia patients, I had hardly done anything. I'm like, I just kind of started a song and then it recruited all these old memories and and networks and, and uh, singing words. Uh, uh, and I thought, well, if, and I hadn't done anything. And I thought, well, what's real music gonna do with these people? If I don't even have to do anything and it has that effect, what's gonna happen when I formulate and demystify music through neuroscience knowledge, through the scientific knowledge base? And there's a lot of it. So I'm putting all those pieces together to create prescription playlists for people. And I must say it started way back, I did the role of Florence Nightingale in Toronto. It was an opera that was written for me and I've done lots of title roles, Rosina and Cenerentola and all the Puccini operas. And uh, uh, I was a specialist in Rossini and Handel uh, and Mozart, did a lot of Mozart heroines. But it was that role of Florence Nightingale, uh, very powerful opera and I realized I kind of paired with her character traits and I realized I'm a lot like this woman. She, she did some, she, she was courageous and bold and strong and she went out and changed the world. And I remember doing that role and I thought, dang, gone. I, and I'd done all these other roles, but I'm a lot like Florence. And so at that point, that was in 1992 and there was a little, just a little diversion in my career. That time I was a big and it was all about the career. And then it was around 1998, I thought, you know what, this, this, this field doesn't own me. And then I just kept living and working, but you know, it just didn't have its claws in me. And then it was around 2000, I saw this response and I followed it. I followed the hint, I got the hint. And, well, you uh, listened, I mean, it's such a surreal moment. Well, I'm sure it took a little bit to process, but to also, to be able to go from that, I mean, there had to have been some ego involved to going to where you ended up. 
not in the limelight any longer, really? D-E-go. Yeah, 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 really. <laughs> really? Well, yes. And, uh, but you know, the science world welcomed me because scientists, neuroscientists, brain scientists, they know that music, they talk about music as being emotional. Well, uh, it does strike into mood and, um, but also actions and um, uh, I call it networks. You know, you can tap into specific networks <laughs> using a rhythm and uh, orchestration, like a clarinet, is much different than a violin. Mm -hmm. it, it really literally stimulates different parts of the brain. And so there's a lot of uh, science background that, that you can build upon. And so the neuroscientists were very interested in it and pretty much supportive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I don't fit into their box, but they welcomed me. So that was very, very um, good for me. Well, science really is so creative. So it should not be in a box, right? It starts with observation. Yeah. I made that observation and I, that's what changed the path of my life. Right. And I, first I started uh, studying massage therapy because I, I started going, actually, when I saw that, I started going into the dementia units and playing music for them and just seeing what they responded to. Remember, I'm an expert in performing. I know when an audience is listening and not listening. So I went in, I also play the piano. I realized they don't really respond too much to my type of singing. Uh, so I backed off on that a little bit. I would get them singing and help them to start singing. And then I'd just back off and watch them sing and then see how long I can take that, what key, how long. So I do work with them singing, but I don't sing for them. But I do play the piano for them. They really like the piano. Um, they like classical pieces, pieces that are very structured and repetitive. Um, and so I worked mostly with, with piano in the earlier years, making more observations about what they responded to and such. Mm -hmm. And that led me to under, realize that, that, that I had, we would have a patient that would go, they would, you have people say, four, 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 you know, people doing that. And so you would, you know, dun 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 dun, bum bum bum, ba da dum, bum 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 bum, ba ba da ba dum, and eventually that movement would stop. Quite quickly, that would stop, and you 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 tapped into the rhythm of their dysfunctional movement. You tapped in, and that's what they needed, and that's what music does. It taps into a physiological response, which is a muscular response, initially. And also heart rate and blood pressure right, right. along with that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the heart rate, the rhythm, the rhythm. So I have a question on the on the chat, and I want to go to that. Okay. But I, well, I want to quickly get back to you as well, because I'm so fascinated okay. by what you have learned and what you bring to the table with right. all of this. And I do want to remind everyone out there to please feel free to call in 919-518-9773 or, you know, communicate with us on Skype at uh, uh, computers, plural, 2K voice. So here's a question. Does Linda feel that there is, and you might have already touched upon this, a specific type of music that those with Alzheimer's and dementia respond to most powerfully? And I think you've, you're touching upon it. So maybe you want to go into a little more detail. Correct. These, these early, highly structured, uh, you know, tight, repetitive um, classical pieces, Mozart, Bach, Haydn, uh, Clementi, early Beethoven, 
uh, Mendelssohn is, is uh, structures like that. And so what you want to avoid are things like Beethoven that goes at Da, 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 that uh, goes in too many extremes. They can't follow that. Or one of these pieces that uh, the the romantic pieces that carry this melody into you know endless melody. They can't follow that. But they can uh, follow bottom bottom bum bum bottom bottom bum bum. There's similar rhythms. There's a lot of repetition. And that gives them a feeling of control of their short-term memory. And mm -hmm. so that's what it reinforces. That's what I have found. Mm -hmm. And the brighter keys, like C major, G major, D major, A major, E major. Uh, so you want to avoid the darker, more uh, emotional keys. They mm -hmm. have, they're dealing with plenty of emotion. They're confused. They're in fear. That's emotion. You don't want to tap into the emotion, which most pieces in the darker keys do that. You, wanna... well, you don't want to tap into the fear. No, you don't want right? to tap so the, so the So the, so, yes. right, go ahead. Yeah, so you want to avoid uh, things like blasty trumpets mm -hmm. or, um, um, uh, you know, aggressive percussive uh, instrumentation, which we get in, in Beethoven and the Romantics. You want to stay with the clean, classical, you know, kind of um, even dynamics, but with the structure has a lot of repetition in it. And I have six programs that I've programmed for them. They also like to sing favorite songs. They often know the refrains of the songs, and you have to help them remember the verses. And so there's programming that I do for that. And so, but I will, getting back to the rhythm, the rhythm is the flower in the cake mm -hmm. when you put these things together, and that talks to their heart rate. Very important to understand that the rhythm of a piece pairs with a heart rate uh, physiology right. that includes blood pressure and skin response mm -hmm. and uh, activation. So if my heart rate bump 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 if I wanted to relax bump 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 bum it's a little slower than my heart rate and my heart rate will match that and my blood and I relax because a lower heart rate pairs with a relaxation response. At the same point, if I want to activate, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum dum, bum bum, bum bum, dun 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 dun. Very, my my response to that is immediate. Is a physiological response, a physical physiological response that. Activates or deactivates. That's the flower in the cake. Right. It takes more than flour, but right, 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 right. No, it gets a, a, it, there's a what a coherence, a, an in syncness that you are working towards, and then and you you and you. I'm I'm assuming that you see that pretty quickly. Oh, I hear it immediately. I hear it I immediately. See a pro, I see a person in in distress, and I hear the music that will. So, so can you just walk around singing all the time and, and, <laughs> and just get the world in sync? I mean, can you do that? Yeah. Uh, can we send you out there and just have you do this? <laughs> what do you think would, I mean, we, there's a really good question here and I want to get to it on the chat, but what do you think would happen? I mean, if you can do this, not if, but because you can do this and, and, and there is no question in my mind that you are and you can, it can continue, but with music, the way you are studying it and using it, I mean, 
goodness gracious. Mm. I mean, I, my, my shoulders are going up. I want to teach professional musicians and they're ready. They want a purpose driven reason yeah. for their work. And so to uh, uh, teach these principles in a, in an organized academic field with certifications and bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and doctoral degrees is what I'm hoping to um, get to the point and structure all of that. And that's why I'm in a PhD program here at Mason in health communications. Uh, it's, it is not traditional music therapy. It's very formulated, very specified. You see a problem, you script the music programming, you measure it, you measure the heart rate, you measure the cortisol, right. you measure the, um, the uh, immune, immune, immunoglobins and the melatonin in the system. It's measurable outcomes. And so, uh, but it's, you predict what music is going to work. And so it's reproducible. And so there, I, I do accompany my work with studies. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to get the science behind it. But it's good studies. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, like you say, you can uh, qualify it. Correct. You know? And quantify and it. Quantify it. And quantify and so, it. And so when you do this, how, what is the lasting effect? Is it just when, during the moments that you're doing this or what's yeah, possible? It, it's transient. The, so if I played uh, a joy to the world or some old song that I liked, I'll be you know resurrecting old sensory networks, and they will stay and you know maybe change my mood for the morning or for the day even, especially if you get one of these little earworms where you keep it in your head, uh, and that will you know tap into a physiological upbeat type of thing. Uh, tomorrow is a whole different game. So um, my work is to start with music you're familiar with and to build from that to take you to platforms of um, desired outcomes. Like if you want to exercise more, lose weight, you know, you want to in integrate catchy, upbeat tunes so that once the tune's over, that, that upbeat is, uh, I'm hearing music as I'm, you know, targeting it out. So it's in there so you can resurrect these uh, rhythms and um, physiological pairings that uh, um, uh, can take you where you want to go. Or you can, oh, I'm imagine, imagining uh, Debussy's Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune. And it's very relaxed, there's no rhythm. It, it's very tinkly and it, uh, it spans, it's almost like a yawn in the beginning and then it cascades down. And my physiology pairs with that. So you can take these transient moments if the music's catchy enough, a couple, you know, there's, you've heard music that's catchy, you hear it once and you keep singing it. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the cats jingling. It's a very catchy tune. I'll never, most people hang into that, uh, lock into it. And so it's in three, it gives you an extra heartbeat. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, who doesn't want an extra heartbeat? So what's the best result so far in See, what you've you know, done as far as a human being is concerned? What well, have you seen? I did, I did a large study uh, back in 2012 and 13 with about 150 uh, geriatric patients. About half of them were dementia patients. And we, we uh, tested them with the mini mental state examination, which is a cognitive test of memory and counting and uh, just questions about location and such. Where are you, location, uh, spatial location? 
and we saw improvement with the uh, significance and improvement in the dementia patients who sang a very structured programs over the course of four months. Mm -hmm. So it's not just listening. Listening helps uh, and is a is passive way to experience music and to uh, transform from music programming, but actually taking a breath, good posture, holding that breath, singing songs, moving your mouth, uh, uh, learning new songs. We, we taught them some new songs as well. We taught them extended verses of songs they already knew. We taught them new arrangements of uh, songs they knew, interesting arrangements that kept them engaged. And so participation, picking up an instrument, picking up a guitar, playing a flute is a very good way to exercise brain networks that are sensory and memory networks that then are, you can resurrect them to varying degrees. You resurrect them when you pick up the instrument again. You resurrect them when you hear someone else playing the instrument and you resurrect them when you need to um, need to relax. You can ref you, you have a you have a physiological relaxation network or activation network that music has has uh, planted in your system. So it, it's, it's a transient effect when you hear it, but it can become a permanent effect because mm -hmm. you, you know, as you practice and embed right. these networks, you can resurrect them for function later on. Wonderful. That's very practically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. I mean, and there's, I got millions of questions. So here's one from our audience on our chat. Okay. And this is from Patty Sue. And she wants to know, what is the best music to release tension? Oh, wow. That's a good question. And so uh, there lower um, tension is usually held in the body, in the shoulders often, a lot of us, uh, and there are reasons for that. Um, a lot of motorization in our world and, and we've got way too much to do, lack of sleep. So you want lower instrumentation like a low bass. Julian Weber, Andrew Lloyd Weber's son has wonderful cello tunes that literally, that instrument literally reproduces the, the, the uh, resonance of the physiology, the physiological resonance we need to keep our heart going and to keep warm. So it literally pairs also an organ. If you, anyone goes to church and a good organ, uh, sometimes you sit in the pews and a good organist is playing in the pews or you're literally rattling and you can literally go on vacation. These muscles can go on, on stop holding the tension. So lower instrumentation, even a lack of rhythm. I, I run into the tension of um, uh, uh, a chronic uh, obstructive pulmonary disorder and they're just, they're triangulated and it's all locked in here. Well, the first thing you do is you have to unlock this. So uh, what I program for them, I have like an introductory 90 second to start them, bump, bump, bottom, bump, bump, bottom, bump, 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 bottom. There's no rhythm. So there, it, 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 it talks to this locked rhythm and enables them to, to open up and participate in the rest of the program. So rhythm has, rhythm can lock you in to tension. So sometimes like the Debussy, Claire de Lune is a perfect example of a very low rhythm, uh, it does bum, bum, bum. It's like a yawn. It just takes you down. 
And so the physiology pairs with that melodic structure and the lack of rhythm. Low instrumentation, cascading, long cascading melodic structure and um, uh, a lack of rhythm, I would say. It's a basic. Uh, and that's uh, good because a lot of people experience stress. So it's, that's a, and I love, and I'm going to listen to um, and, Julian Weber. I think it's fascinating. Oh, he's fabulous. Jul he's a Julian Lloyd Weber. I guess Julian Weber is cellist. Absolutely. Grab his playlists. Uh -huh. And then after that, once you're relaxed, you can put something with a waltz. Waltz, I said earlier, gives you an extra heartbeat. Gives your heart so bum 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 bum, and there are lots of studies showing that music in three four and triple the beat of three makes you happy. Linda, do you have a mentor, or you trailblazing a new trail? I am, I am a pioneer in this field. And I, uh, what I am is a professional musician who has put its equal amount, another quarter of a million of training into my neurosciences and physiological sciences and health science and mental health and autism. So I'm just, you know, uh, pairing that professional career with the sciences. I have mentors in neuroscience. I have a mentor in health communications here at the school, but the prescription uh, iPod work is just pioneering. I am like um, the pioneer on the cutting edge of this work. Mm -hmm. No one talks about it like I do. What, here's what's happened. There's a whole bulk of science that takes music and outcomes, qualitative, anecdotal, uh, happier, uh, more relaxed, less aggressive, but they don't tell you why or what music they used. That's the problem. So you need to know what music they use to get that. And, uh, and then there's, there's also music and the sciences, the heart rate, the blood pressure, the galvanic skin response, dopamine, serotonin, epinephrine, all these, all these things you can measure, biomarkers as they were. And there's a whole bulk of outcomes like that. They also do not tell you what music they used. <laughs> so I'm connecting this music with uh, outcomes, physiology that leads to outcomes and telling you exactly what I'm using. That's what I'm doing. So, you know, I am, I am standing on the shoulders of a lot of research, right. but I, and I'm also saying that we need to know exactly what music you use, not only Claire de Lune, but who performed it. And, and uh, you know, what were the acoustics of the room when they were listening and how many times did you play it? And so, and so, uh, and, and we have a really great question on our chat. Okay. So, I'm, I'm like in competition. No, I'm not. I want to ask this question, but I want to go back to something you said. Um, and, and this is a quick thing, maybe. So you actually, and I can feel your excitement too, which I think is really extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, you, you're really like dice, like you're, you're embodying music and you're putting music into a, like into a, a body. Oh, right. Exactly. I wish I had a piano, and I love to do lecture demonstrations. So I like to talk about it, and then I'll sit down, and I'll play a song, and show you. You get to feel it too. Yeah, oh, I can feel it. Mm -hmm. And I and I love when you say, when you're listen, when you're explaining certain pieces of music, and you're saying, well, you get an extra heart rhythm here, or you get an extra beat here. 
I think that that's just amazing. Yeah, it is. The heart rate is the heartbeat is the flower in the cake. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you're trying to relax, sometimes you need a flowerless cake. People ask me what type of music I like to listen to. And I remember when I was doing this work the most intensely, it was just all day, every day. I just went home and I, I like to listen to the, the, the sounds of like underwater ships creaky and <laughs> just no music. No music. It just, uh, I do like the sounds of nature too. I think there's a perfection in that and that we shouldn't underestimate the sounds of nature, even the, uh, the rush of the ocean, the, um, the sounds of the trees rustling, certainly bird sounds. There's, so you're picking you're i mean i'm going to go to this question but i have to say this so you are actually you take this music but you pick the music and you are basically picking music based on the actual music what the message is who created the music and the message that's behind the message that's behind the message oh uh hey we can go into that too i talk about parallel uh mastermind imprinting when you're listening to a piece of music by Johann Sebastian Bach, for example, kind of the greatest genius of all time. His mind, before he wrote that whatever piece you're listening to, was in a certain disposition, was in a certain, it was structured, you know, he's getting ready to write this piece. Mm -hmm. And so when you're listening to the music, it's very passive event. You don't have to work. It, you know, it comes to you. And so you have no choice but to be in his mindset. So I'll tell you, before I started in the sciences, it was pretty intimidating going into neuroscience, anatomy, physiology, all of the mathematics involved and such. Half an hour before these initial courses, and I still do this as much as I can, I'd sit at the piano and I'd play a half an hour of Bach. Not real fancy stuff, but whatever I could, you know. Uh, and, uh, and hey, nothing gets more complicated than that man's mind. What a genius. And so I would go in, I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if, if Bach's mind is, I can deal with the neurons. And it really helped a lot. So there's pair, you can pair with that. You right. can pair with the genius of the composer. It makes perfect so sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So here's a beautiful question. Okay, beautiful. And this is from Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says, I work as a clinical psychologist mm -hmm. in palliative care and also with dementia patients in nursing homes. And I would love to know how I can find lists of therapeutic programming for specific outcomes, such as the soothing of dementia patients in moments of agitation. I love Linda's suggestion of Debussy's Claire de Lune and wonder if she has provided playlists of similarity soothing music. Yes, I have. And I'm compiling them and doing, I'm trying to pair my work with studies and to individualize these programs too. So there are, um, you know, you can go throughout the French repertoire or put Claire de Lune in Pandora. That's a good place to start and they'll start generating similar type uh, uh, programs. But no, I'm doing this work. I feel like a lone ranger most days. I'm trying to build uh, something very big here and I feel like I'm on the cusp of it, of uh, getting grants to really roll it out. I do work with a group called whirly.com in Los Angeles. It's a kind of a karaoke singing app. It's got like 3,000 songs on it and you can change the tempo. You can change the uh, key uh, registrations that can pair with patients to sing. They do like to sing and that calms and redirects them. It also gives the caregiver a common language 
to work with with them. So if they're agitated, you can notch it down to a slower tempo. And that will, you know, to, in order to, um, uh, um, if you're singing, oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. That's an agitated, that's an activated bump bump. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. La, 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 la. I do sing like an opera singer, but. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. Keep going. <laughs> You are, a, you are, you are an amazing human being. <laughs> so these, these uh, vocal programs are something that you can, but programming them just takes time and individualization and uh, writing the book and getting it all together. So I'm getting it all together. Um, and uh, I, I'm also interested in many aspects of brain health. So in studying the aging brain and what affects it, uh, you, uh, there are early music choices. When you, when I ask caregivers, what are the patient's favorite um, music? I get all sorts of answers, very uh, heterogeneous, very all over the map. There's not a whole lot of uh, continuity there or with the caregivers. You know, you want to deal with the caregivers, their music preferences as well. But singing the tunes is a different type of thing. It's a common language. It bonds them. Every, all the, the madness on both sides stops while you sing the song. And so that takes effort. It takes a collective effort. It takes a paired effort. There's a paired physiology. We're, pair, we're trying to sing the same note. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. But, and so you wanna, there are a lot of considerations. It's prescriptive. It's when you're talking about medicine, it's hard to say what's in a single pill because there are amounts of all sorts of things that go into it for the specific patient. But I'm trying to narrow that down and get that formulated so that I can teach it to others so that it can, and get it into an app as well. So I'm working with the Whirly.com, W-U-R-R-L-Y.com, great app, uh, has a lot of your favorite songs on it that you can start to play around with. Um, and then as far as the listening programs, I have a long list of things that I have kept uh, archived to uh, eventually filter into another uh, app. My hope is to get it into a clinical situation so that you go to a doctor, a geriatrician, and your heart rate, your, uh, your uh, personality profile, your age, BMI, your uh, schedule of activities, schedule of issues, uh, diagnosis and prognosis, are we can draw from those and a prescription iPod is generated for you. That's my hope. I'm looking at a very big picture to have it. And at Hopkins, I uh, got a big award for this prescription iPod clinical interface so that a patient goes to a doctor, walks away with a prescription playlist, comes back in a month, gets, an, gets a revised playlist contingent on what's changed. So it's, it's kind of the equivalent of launching Facebook, what I'm trying to do but I'm formulating it and, and um, organizing it as best I can to get it done. Meanwhile, it's an individualized basis. So I look at one patient, one caregiver, or one facility and a general uh, set of issues. Um, but I, I, did a, I did a study last, uh, in the fall, with caregivers, and you know some patients are aggravated in the morning, and some are participatory in the morning, some have good memory in the morning, some have 
and then the exact opposite in the evening. So it's individualized issues. So my hope is to help caregivers manage patients better through the use of music. For instance, if a patient gets aggressive when it's time to take a bath in the afternoon at three o'clock, when you get aggressive, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your skin tension goes up, your voice gets ah. um, eh, So five minutes to three, we're gonna play Debussy's Claire de Lune or a similar uh, slow movement from a Mahler symphony, which is like disorienting. And, and what that does is it lowers the heart rate, lowers the blood pressure, lowers the muscle response, makes you wanna talk more like this. So when it's time for bath time, you can't get aggressive because you really have to flip the physiology. You really have to flip, really hard to flip that coin when it's been lowered like that. I wonder what else you're going to discover. Uh, it I feel stop. like, yeah, I feel <laughs> like, I, I know, I think that you, you have so much, you've discovered so much already. Ow. I just feel like I'm sitting here and I'm sitting here on my arm like this. <laughs> and I'm like, there's well, something else that this woman is going to come upon because there's so many variables. I think I think you're going to find something that's going to somehow straighten up the variables. Right. Right? I think a big fat grant will do that at this point. So yeah. I can surround myself with a team that will enable me to, what my hope is to, or, uh, to, to delegate hundreds of studies. I design interventions like, boom, I see a problem, I hear about a problem, and about, it doesn't take me long to design a music intervention and then to have a, 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 a surround myself with people who can, music librarians who can pull me excerpts uh, with uh, performers, composers who can take a, a 20 seconds of a Beethoven symphony, something just sublime and idyllic and turn it into a four minute piece Take those, take those elements, or the Lachme duet. Do you know that one? We should do that, Marilyn. The British Airways. Go ahead, Marilyn. Try it. Oh my try gosh! It. Come on, Marilyn. Try it. <laughs> oh. Okay, I don't know. I don't. I'm probably at a completely different. I'm gonna help somebody else. <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask you about heavy metal, so I don't know. Maybe this is a good time. Well, you know, post-traumatic stress uh, yeah. veterans, they really tap into that heavy yeah. metal. Can you imagine being in that war zone, never knowing what's going on, high intensity, the the noise. Uh, 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 uh. And so that's what they're, that is post-traumatic stress, is that physiology. So heavy metal taps into that physiology. So my strategy, I have five levels of treatment for post-traumatic stress veterans. For the first treatment, you want to tap in, use heavy metal to get into their brain. And when you get into their brain, you're getting into their physiology, which is that, oh my God, that was horrible. It was horrible. And music has the power to shift, transform, slow down, drop out the grind of it and leave you on a little sunny hillside for two minutes. And then you want to leave them, you know, do it again with another piece that leaves them there for a little longer. So you're training the physiology. Now, in the later stages of this, you, um, um, you want to work with a therapist and resurrect that 
resurrect those issues. So if a post of a veteran with PS PTSD is out in traffic and some car backfires, that physiology is going to react. And so uh, music can also like Carmina Burana, really kind of dramatic or any of the Shostakov Firebird suite uh, or a Beethoven, War of 1812 has the cannons, uh, the uh, 1812 overture, the cannons literally sounding off. So when that happens, a, a psychologist can help you self-regulate. So you can resurrect that trauma with music and then stop the music and self-regulate. Okay, I want to understand so, this. Let me understand this a second about the heavy metal. So you're actually with that, you're going to meet them. You have to meet them first where they are. Right, exactly. Same with Alzheimer's. Same with Alzheimer's. That's why the piano works with them. It's a percussive instrument, and the rhythm of these of these very structured uh, uh, pieces that I use um, that are repetitive. The the brainstem is very active and healthy in uh, Alzheimer's patients. That's why they live so long. And so you want to tap into that what's working, and then once you get into the rhythm of such that you can. Uh, uh, teach them new verses of songs or um, introduce music they've never heard. They love Bach and uh, uh, and Haydn and Mendelssohn. Most of them have not heard Mendelssohn, but they sit there and they love it because it it it's working. What it pairs with what is healthy and healthy uh, brainstem and uh, the cerebellum and the areas of movement and rhythm. And then from that, you can tap into more uh, areas that are less active or, or uh, you know have, can tap into what's not working mm -hmm. and that's kind of a typical same with post-traumatic stress you want to go in by what's working and then tap into what's not working so um, lots of lots of other uh, uh, information on schizophrenia on epilepsy on autism what do you, what do you suggest for autism oh my goodness music is their language for sure in fact um so you want to find out what their favorite tunes are, and then you want to either sing their favorite tunes or listen to their favorite tunes with them. You know, speaking is just a tiny part of the brain, and uh, but the processing of music involves the rhythm, the sensory, the uh, the architecture of it goes up and down, the dynamics of it, the salience of it, and so it in uh, and and the body as well. When you're speaking, you're really just crack kind of making a sound through a kind of a crack in an organ pipe. But when the sound is sustained and la, 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 la. There was a young man I met uh, at the gym. He was with his sister. He's about 14, um, clearly in the high-end uh, uh, autism spectrum, serious. And I said, well, what is his favorite tune? And I think she said, I dream of Jeannie or... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or bewitched, that was the one. Lots of syncopation, lots of little punctuations. So, and he was very dis, you know, he, you know, he was very disassociated socially. I sang that. I gave him that, his favorite tune. And he, his body immediately dropped. He could trust me. He felt he could trust me. And and eventually, with his sister was there. I mean, he she she was like, oh, he likes, he really likes you. So it's just a language 
that communicates to people. It's not all about speaking. You can communicate through sound as well. So that's one way. I've also seen teachers very, uh, I've, I've studied um, applied behavioral analysis. I'm getting ready to get a certificate in that uh, so I can work with autistic and program for autistic children. It's a very good reward for them. So if they do something right to pay, you know, six, eight minutes of, uh, a, you know, a Prince, uh, uh, some music by Prince with a little emoticon. I'm trying to design, getting those designed and putting that into the works. Uh, it's a very strong reinforcement for good work that they do. Um, and so, uh, you know, to, to give music that will keep the child focused on holding a pencil and staying at his desk while adding a little jazz rhythm to relax the instructor so that they're calm too. So like a double treatment, I'm looking at those with the autistic uh, arena you as know, well. I taught special ed for a little while and these were middle school kids. And I, re and I used to play um, you know, like certain kinds of like Bach, Debussy, because I, you know, whatever. And yeah. the principal would come in and say, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I'm just giving it a try. And the kids would like boohoo it. And all of a sudden you'd watch their feet. Why? And then I'd see their feet start moving and then their pencils would start tapping on the desk. Aww. You know, and you, you knew that it was... It was something that I didn't know what was happening because I'm, I'm just it was just me, but I knew something was happening, you know. So you are, you know, I, I, there's so many places to go with what you're doing. And Chris is asking, and I know you touched upon it as far as like the sound of ocean waves and nature. Right. right. So specific groups, anything I know you enjoy it. Anything else, anybody else that you know, that you're working with on that level? I know there's some very interesting Mozart with bird sounds out there. I find that wonderfully, uh, it, it, you know, it's a double gift to be able to uh, listen to things like that. We, uh, music's only really been around, what, 300 years, 200 years, 100 years. We have, uh, 100 years ago, we didn't have, we barely had radio. So um, it was all produced. And so we have evolved first through nature, the sounds and sensations of nature, that's, that's our DNA. So there's no reason to cut that out. Uh, in fact, it's important to seek it out, to tap in with what we are, what we, how we have evolved up to this point. And then to, um, if you look at the development of humanity and the Renaissance and all, it kind of pairs with what was the organs and the, and the development of singing in the churches. So there's structure and um, uh, there's evolution in, in these older pieces. Now, um, today, music's everywhere. I mean, it's just, uh, we don't really even care. Um, it's so, uh, so readily available. So to be very selective about what you choose and have it pair with where you want to go and what your needs are in a like nutrition, like food, uh, to, to know uh, why it's important and to make the choice to listen to it to get the desired outcome. Right. So very similar to nutrition. But nature, you know, there's a perfection in nature. And, and it's perfect because we've evolved in it. Uh, so, um, and there are some studies in the, in the healing power of bird sound and things like that. So, um, and visually as well. I mean, the, the, the sensory environment of, of nature is um, very healthy, healing, progressive, 
uh, transformational uh, influence. And there's a lot of um, a lot of areas for you to be taking into account when you with the work you're doing, whether it's genetics, whether you know all of this. We have many forms of intelligence. The spiritual intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that nature is a form of intelligence. And we, I mean, just because we, we have evolved to have this frontal lobe, which is about maybe 5% of our entire brain uh, cellular count, doesn't mean that the rest of the brain has been uh, taken out of the picture. We need, uh, just ex being exposed to nature uh, exercises these other forms of intelligence. Rhythm is, an in is a form of intelligence. Ta-ta, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Rhythm is a form of intelligence. So how to use it, of course, is a musical intelligence, uh, uh, a, a movement intelligence. A movement is very important for the brain. I do program music to get Parkinson's patients moving. So that's a nice challenge too. I enjoy doing that. And um, so it's not all verbal. Mm. Interpersonal is a form of intelligence as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So we need, to, we need to be, able, be free to exercise them all. Right. And that is aging brain health over the course of a lifetime. And that's what your that's your job. You that's have, what that's your job. You have been identified as that person who is going to who's bringing it all as many of the alls as you can find to bring it together. I'm going to quote you on that. You're the one, honey. <laughs> I can tell, and I, you know, I can tell you. You have a propensity to understand, and to I mean. For what you've learned in the last 15, mm. 20 years mm. is extraordinary. I mean, it's it's almost like it's just rolling. It's just coming right out of your pores. <laughs> it's like that some days. And the last 15 years in neuroscience, looking, putting people under the brain scan and saying that you re when you see your mother's face, it's here. When you see a stranger's face, it's here. When you are thinking about God, it's over here. When you're thinking about ego migo, it's here, uh, et cetera. Uh, memories, the sort, so they are very specific areas where networks are um, uh, activated in the brain when certain activities happen. The whole motor and sensory strip and how that integrates into other networks. I, I lecture on a part of the brain called the cerebellum, which is in the back. It's it means little brain, and it's basically the motor um, uh, coordinating uh, center. Half of the brain cells are back here. So you need to enable that part of the brain to do it. Why does playing the piano look so easy? It is easy because this has coordinated all of, all of the little uh, uh, practice efforts, and I, I'm lecturing about that in a couple of weeks over at the music school there, um, to... Um, uh, there are like 14 reciprocal networks with verbal. When I speak decisively, the cerebellum is enabling that. And so to, I need to know that, you know, it's just knowledge of that area uh, lets let you engage it, I feel. No, you're bringing it to life. Yeah. So um, we want, I mean, I hope you will come back. Sure. I would love for you to come back and just keep us abreast of, because I also want to talk to you about not just specific issues, mm -hmm. you know, be it dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, autism, any of those, but also just like just 
our own selves, just from where we are, how to, you know, um, I don't even know what the word is, but you know what I mean. Stay at peace and keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, grow, learn, ex experience, expand. Yeah, go ahead. Thrival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd love to do a show about that, too. Mm -hmm. The whole concept of flow, enabling that. Yeah. Yeah. I study oxygenation. The brain is a very oxygen-greedy instrument. Mm -hmm. So um, you need oxygen as like a nuclear fuel for the brain. And the music is like a passive input that helps to structure and give the brain a little vacation and give the body a little vacation, as we talked about earlier as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. staying hydrated is very important. There's a whole world in our sleep, REM sleep, that we underestimate the power of that to shape our uh experience through any given day mm -hmm. so the power of REM sleep to clear up a beta a beta amyloid the toxins that create plaque yeah. you know sleep is very important too yeah I mean there's so many things to talk about so I'm going to ask Linda to share with us what she needs where to go her website all the things and she's looking she's you yeah. know looking for specific things and I also want to remind you all that are listening I'm going to take a second or two this, my book is out now. It's been out for two weeks. It's new. It's called In Just One Afternoon, Listening into the Hearts of Men. It's on Amazon. Please go there. It's 22 stories of that men have uh, given me about their uh, lives, their journey, their emotion, their evolving, their awakening. So please go to Amazon. It's on uh, Soft and uh, Kindle. And then my next one is in just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of twins. So if you have a good twin story, let me know. Go to Marilyn at MarilynShannon.com. So tell us about some, do some bodacious marketing. Good for you. Well, I have a LinkedIn page, Linda McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. I have a website, McGuireHealth.com. Uh, try to keep that updated. Um, you can email me at McGuire.com. USA at gmail.com and um, uh, I have a YouTube uh, about 250 uh, lecture demonstrations and performances on YouTube I also make films multimedia uh, music films that is Diva McGuire one Diva McGuire M-A-G one or you could put Linda McGuire sings and all sorts of things should come up and that will lead you to the um, the uh, so uh, follow me on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I post pretty regularly there. And uh, email me again and the website and LinkedIn. And I'm also on Facebook. So I do have a prescription music for Alzheimer's uh, group on, pay on Facebook and as well as my uh, personal page there. So um, that's what I would say. You suggest. are findable. I'm findable. You're Track findable. Wikipedia. Absolutely. <laughs> and one day maybe even on Twitter. Coming soon, I did. Uh, Marilyn's yeah. connecting me with Twitter. Linda McGuire, 10. 10. Not 9, 10. 10. Uh, so, yes, I'll, I'll try to get my Twitter act in order together. Well, she, she is a number 10, so, right? So, uh, in closing, words of wisdom, advice, oh. deep, deep something from you. Oh. 
deep breath of oxygen. All that matters is what, do, what you do on that next breath, keeping an oxygen gradient in the brain and trust that music can uh, soothe and activate and transform you. Just be careful what you choose. Uh, it's like uh, being at a buffet. You know, what you choose has consequences. And so you can contact me if you want to you know, professional consultation on that. I'm happy to uh, discuss that and uh, negotiate that at this point. And um, I will, um, uh, if you're on LinkedIn, I'll, I'll keep you uh, abreast of publications and such as they, as they come out and they're coming. And how much longer till you're complete with your doctorate? Oh, I just had an advisory session. It looks like I have one more uh, a fall semester and I will have been done with the coursework and it's just a matter of, um, uh, piecing together the dissertation. I've done plenty of studies and uh, 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 with two masters, I've got, I'm, I just need to piece the dissertation together. So it should be in about a year and a half. So would you um, sing, sing for us in closing? Oh, let's see, what can I sing? Um, hmm. So our show is about freedom. Freedom, oh, uh, let's see, uh, golly. Uh, Wow, that changes everything. Options, freedom, uh, learning, growing, connecting, anything that's going to free oh, us up. You me up. I love that song. When I am down and oh, my soul so weary, when troubles come and my heart burdened be, then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while with me. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. Oh more than I can be. You raise me up. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You so much for being here today and thanks for everyone who, who came in and joined us we really appreciate that yes thank you and i appreciate everybody being here and uh enjoying this journey with us as we go and we learn and we grow together and we uh, find freedom in all different places amen amen so you are magnificent you too thank you and it's Get been a book of yours. 
Thank you. And it's been a pleasure to be communicating with you this weekend. Thank you, Marilyn. Awesome. I look forward to more. Same here. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here, and we will see you next week. Bye. God bless. You're tuned to the Nissan Communications Network. If you tuned in too late, you can always watch each program in its entirety or download an MP3 audio file of it in the archives section on nissancommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook. Sponsored by Atomos.com, makers of quality video recorders and converters, CarolinaApparel.com, and DeltaForce.net.